0: I'm so glad you're joining me for this episode of Street Soldiers on hip-hop's Manhattan roots. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. This is part of our continuing series celebrating the 50th anniversary of hip-hop, one borough at a time. We're taking a look at all the great artists and music that have come from Manhattan, and often from the Harlem community, from the Treacherous Three and Spoonie G, to the Bad Boy era with Diddy, Jim Jones and Dipset, and Jim Jones and Jim Jones, to all the new well, drill rappers like Didi Osama, Manhattan artists continue to make waves, make music, and be in the headlines and be in the forefront of social media attention as well. We're celebrating their achievements and cultural contributions to hip hop, from the music to the style and that Manhattan swag, um, as well as the legendary DJs. So let's get into all of this right now with our panel. Joining me is DJ Boogie Blind. He's a world champion DJ. He, you hear him on Shake 45. He's also one of the heavy hitters. Um, DJ Boogie Blind, thank you so much for being with us.
1: Thanks for having me, Lisa. Peace to everybody.
0: Peace. We really we really appreciate it. Also with us is Rob Markman. He's a music executive and artist. Rob, thank you so much for being with us on this one. Nah, thank you for having me. I'm on. We really appreciate it. Also with us is the one and only Jim Jones, a hip hop superstar. He's got a new season on Revolt of the the uh report we know for the dip set we know for his solo albums and also too i especially love this guy because of all of the work that he does in the community he's I'll get the call and he'll be like oh i'm gonna be over here i'm gonna be at 120th we're giving out ipads you know lisa come through talk to the people and uh that's just one of the many many things he's done um in the community and for the community over the years so so jim great to have you with us
2: thanks for having me lisa how are you feeling?
0: I'm feeling I'm feeling okay. I'm I'm happy we're focusing on Manhattan.
2: Yes, Manhattan is that's a great place. So much culture there.
0: No, totally, totally, Jim. But Manhattan has had a certain identity throughout hip hop. There's there's a certain strength. There's a certain sophistication. There's also like that hardcore you have kept it 1,000 in terms of the street in terms of the street flavor and what's really happening on the streets. You are still outside, as big as you are and as successful as you are, why do you think that's so important?
2: To connect with the people. It's always important to connect with the people, watching love you know, for people that are getting a position of success and things like that. A well from, tradition is to always give back. All um, these young kids come apart. You know, I, I know I came apart and I didn't have too many uh, options and things like that when I was coming up. So the things that I do is for these young people to get their inspiration, they can't. So, Get up off their ass and get on their feet and really get to it. Because if I could make something out myself, they definitely can. Because I've been in the same situation that they were.
0: And um, Rob Markman, the the Manhattan contribution to hip hop. What do you think are some of the you know the earmarks of it?
3: I mean, you know, first of all, just hip hop started in the Bronx, Harlem, really as an extension of that uh, early DJ culture. You know, um, battles. You know. The rooftop, like did like legendary things went down in, in Harlem specifically. I know we're talking about Manhattan, but most of the times in hip hop when we talk about Manhattan, we're talking about Harlem. No disrespect to L.A.S. No disrespect to Hell's Kitchen. There's definitely areas, other areas in Manhattan that represent, but right. Harlem was really like the epicenter. Um, and and you know, I think we get a lot of our style from Harlem um, from, from all the boroughs. Like like we always look to Harlem, like how to dress. Um, a lot of slang come out of Harlem, just like really informs us on just how to be dope and how to be fresh. Every borough got their own style, but for Harlem, informs the rest of the city for real.
0: No, that's fantastic. DJ Boogie Blind, you've been around uh, for a minute in terms of the different eras of hip-hop. You talk about some of the early artists. Give us a sense of who you think were some of the most influential early artists.
1: Uh, early artists of Harlem, of course, you got to go with, like, Teddy Rowley because he produced pretty much everything that was out at the time, from Dougie Fresh to Kumo G to... Um, even one uh, of uh,
0: recording in progress.
1: One of the DJs, one of the DJs. Seven, club in, uh, Spazzo, his father had a big record with Teddy Riley called Wapiti. His father be fat. So you know, it. There's just so much going on in the early '80s. I always say the '80s was very critical because a lot of times, you know, we would just count it out as far as hip hop was concerned. Right, because every, A lot of the focus was on the Bronx and
0: Brooklyn, right?
1: More so, yes, because you had Dana Dane. We talk about late 70s, early 80s, you had, you know, Brooklyn and, and, and things like that. But um, I feel like, you know, you had a lot of DJs uptown. You had the Hollywood, you had Lucy B. You had Rest in Peace, you had the Legendary Starchild. You had all these people that were having these events and just bringing everybody together. It wasn't just people from Harlem. It was people from
0: everywhere just to see. And people, were, people would come there. Jim, in terms of the music, tell us how you got it. How, how did you get into music in the first place?
2: Um, I got into music through uh Mason Cam. They were rapping at a very early age when we were outside and we were young. Uh, they were good at basketball, but uh, they started leaning towards music, and that's how I got into to rapping. You know, I think I'm thankful for Mason Cam because I probably wouldn't be where I'm at right now.
0: Yeah, no, no, totally. And then Rob, in terms of the in terms of the artists that have come out of there, who do you consider some of the, some of the most prominent ones?
3: I mean, just doing my own. look, the first record that I ever learned the words to, and again, coming up in Brooklyn, was Lottie Dottie. So that's Slick Rick, but that's Dougie Fresh. And when you talk about Harlem, you definitely got to talk about Dougie Fresh, um, just as an artist. You know, you're talking about Curtis Blow, you're talking about Moe D. Um, again, my name being Rob, coming up, they used to call me Rob Bass because the most popular song in New York City was It Takes Two, Rob Bass, DJ Easy Rock. That's a Harlem thing. And when we talk about going, you know, into the nineties, like what Cam is saying, we're talking about Big L really setting off a new generation of all MCs, Cam Mace, you know, being on L's first album, like talking about Herb McGruff, um, you know, all of that. And then we get into dipset. It's just so much. And then even Boogie blind mentioned Teddy Riley, and we can't forget Keith Sweat. You right. know what I'm saying? I know it's new Jack Swing, it might be a little more R&B, but it's the same party. You know what I'm saying? So what's going on with New Jazz Swing in Harlem? Like it was just the epicenter for everything fresh and artists of all type coming out of Harlem. It was amazing.
0: Jim, what about when the uh, you know, when when the whole how did the whole dip set come together?
2: Young kids in high school had the fun. It's all crazy and the music that they do is start on the do and party. It's all self. And then uh, once Cam and Cam got his first deal. Um, we just started creating everything we needed that we was, we didn't know we was falling on Dipset at the time. And then he had lost his deal. After he lost his deal, Rockefeller picked us up. And when Rockefeller picked us up, we was already on full steam because we started putting our music to the streets, with the mixtapes and all that. And all, all the different mess was born.
0: And look where, and look where you guys are today. Look where you are today.
2: Yes. We all do a pretty good for ourselves. So I'm very grateful.
0: Exactly. You're here on Street Soldiers with us again. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. All right. We're gonna take a short break. When we come back, I wanna talk about some of the uh the DJing, the clubs, that type of thing. And also um are can you tell can you tell a Manhattan artist from an artist from Brooklyn or yeah. from Bronx or from uh, Staten Island or from Queens? We're gonna find out about that controversial question when we come back.
1: What up, what up? This is Machine Gun Kelly, and this is Street Soldiers with Lisa Evers. Real issues, real poly tricks, and real people only on Hot 97. Salute.
0: Welcome back to this episode of Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. We're celebrating hip hop's Manhattan roots, talking about some of the great artists throughout time, some of then and today, and also what's behind it, what's behind the movement of Manhattan artists in terms of hip hop. Joining me is DJ Boogie Blind. He's a world champion DJ. And yes, those are all vinyl records behind him on the shelf that you see if you're watching this on Fox 5 or Fox Soul. Um, he's also on, you hear him on Shake 45, and he's one of the famous heavy hitters at DJ's. DJ Boogie Blind, thank you so much for being with us. Thanks
1: I me, Lisa. I appreciate it.
0: We really appreciate it. Also with us is Rob Markman, music executive and artist. And also, I have to add, Rob, well-known hip-hop journalist throughout all the different eras and reporting on so many things.
3: I'm just trying to pay the rent, Lisa. That's all. You know what I'm saying? I to keep the lights on. That's it. I think uh,
0: hip hop is a hustle. You gotta have a lot of different jobs. To, I learned that from Harlem. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Jim Jones, what about the Harlem? What about the Harlem hustle? Like that whole business thing, the street thing. Tell us about that, the whole vibe. How is it different from you know the Bronx or Brooklyn or Queens, would you say?
2: I mean, mm. Uh, Harlem is just known for hustling. A lot of fly flashy hustlers there. Um hustle is like a math class. You you gotta learn, it's like part of school. You know if you ain't got no hustle in you, are not trying to tell you you're not really from Harlem. That's something that we very much dwell on and things like that. And hustle don't necessarily mean drugs, just mean you got some hustle to your spirit. I mean whatever you need to do to get you a dollar, you're gonna try to figure it out. And that's what Harlem represents.
0: What about in terms of the style? in, in term in terms of how important it was because Manhattan, you can, you know, well, like the Bronx and parts of Brooklyn too, you know, you can walk out the door. You can tell kind of like what reaction you're getting from people. How much, how important is that to, uh, to the people there?
2: Oh, getting fresh is everything to people all it's, it's definitely all about the drip. That's something you come outside and you just got to get into. Um, We used to watch all the hustlers when we was younger. Every day they would come out fresh. Every night they would be fresh. It was just something that was embedded in us. So me myself, I love to put the drip on. Um, I've been I've been kind of noted for it in, in, in this in this industry for a long time. Um, but me, we, we we the capital were fresh for the whole world. We set a lot of trends coming out of Harlem. There's been a lot of fashion people coming out of Harlem. Shouts of Dapper Dan. He's been uh, opening up the lane for so many years to come. all and and we just following tradition. Like I said, that's what Harlem is all
0: about. Absolutely. And what about were there were there certain when you when you guys were when you were coming up in particular, were there certain do's and don'ts of what you could wear or not wear to be fresh on the streets?
2: Um, you definitely have with when with no fake garments and things like that. Um, I don't know what the do's and the don'ts was it, but the do's was to make sure you was fresh by all means and make sure your sneakers was new. Never don't come outside with no old sneakers looking like a pool putt. <laughs> and that's
0: that's still the case. To, that's still the case today. Sneakers have to be that cultural it's a cultural thing, cultural thing with the hip-hop um Boogie yeah. Bla- uh Boogie, blind you played in a lot of I had the pleasure of hearing you in uh one or two of the Harlem Harlem clubs DJing. what was there were there certain DJ techniques that Harlem DJs were known for
1: uh I feel that um a lot of DJs from Uptown especially Harlem uh it's more of an energy thing and and depending on the environment it's a lot of talking. Like you have to engage with people, and then sometimes there's places where people don't want you to talk at all. But the majority of the time, you're actually having a conversation with everyone in the place. It's like it's not. After a while, it's not even about the music. It's just how your personality is on the mic. People want to hear you talk. The ladies want to engage. You know, get the ladies engaged and the guys can, you know,
0: with whatever the ladies want. Right. Exactly. So so that whole that whole gift the gab basically. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it comes from people like Hollywood. Hollywood is
1: definitely a trailblazer in that. And he's still going to this day, which is amazing to see. Honestly.
0: Right. And to, and to be out there. Robin, in terms of the whole Diddy, well, then he was known as Pup Daddy, that whole bad boy era. What about that strikes you as being so, you know, with so much of the Harlem flavor? I mean, you got to understand where, where
3: New York was at at the time, just from a historical element, like Still very street based, like the music, we definitely had our own flavor, but um, the West Coast, you know, Dr. Dre and them were, were were running it. And and I think Puff as a producer and being from Harlem knew how to get fly. He took a, a guy like Biggie Smalls from Brooklyn, the Notorious B.I.G. who was a street cat. And you hear Big say it, black and ugly as ever, like Big made no qualms about how he looked. And we kind of saw Big who he was before Bad Boy. And then when he grew into actually being a sex symbol and being fly and being able to put on the Versace silks, and again, teach us how to dress, right? Um, I put those and NY onto DK and DKNY, like Miami DC wore Versace, like we all got that from New York. That was big, the catalyst of that, but that was Puff's influence, you know what I'm saying? Like like if it was up to Big, Big would've just gave us the grommie joints, which we all love, but hooking up with Puff, that's how you get the Juicies, that's how you get the Big Poppers, that's how you get the One More Chance remix. He just made it a little more fly to the point where you, you know, I don't think anybody in the beginning would have seen Big has been like sex symbol. But right, exactly. Saw that in them. Maybe Big didn't see that in himself, but the, the proof is in the pudding. Big was one of those ones and, and, and Puff was an architect to that. And, and, you know, I think that's a product of Harlem. That's credit to his upbringing in Harlem and how to get flopped.
0: And back and back with that start with the style and everything like that.
3: Absolutely, absolutely. You know, and and, and the music too. To, to you know, it was it was the break beats it was blending R and B. We gotta give props to Ron G. Who, who was a pioneer of blending hip hop beats with R and B? You know, for a while we struggled with with how to blend hip hop and R and B and make hip hop more melodic. And there was a lot of separation, especially in New York. You know, it was it was stations like Kiss FM that wouldn't play hip hop until ten o'clock, maybe when Red Alert came on, right? And if there was a Mary J Blige remix with a rap on it during the daytime, they would just play the R and B version and not play the version with the rapper. It, it wasn't as seamless as it was now. And that has a lot to do with Ron G. It has a lot to do with Puff for
1: commercializing that as well.
0: No, definitely. What what, what about that, Boogie blend?
1: I, I definitely agree with that. Uh, definitely. Uh, I mean, I, I, I definitely would say Ron G. Try to fold it because there wasn't too many people doing that outside of people from Queens. You know what I'm saying? I was like, Harlem and Queens were like the blend it was like Blend Nation for a while. And then it's like you go buy the mixtape, you go to Harlem Music Hut or you go to Burkino, or you go to wherever you want to get your 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 fix for that for that new sound, because it wasn't like like Rob was saying, it wasn't on radio at all.
0: No, Devin, and you, you you talk about the Harlem Music Hut and you talk about people waiting for that for that mixtape and then they had the they had a couple ah, of damn copies God. like behind the counter.
1: Yes. Yes, those were some very, very precious times.
0: And very 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 exciting. Jim, what about the, uh, what about DJ, talk about DJ K-Slay, like with that, you know, his his movement and how he identified so strongly. May he rest in peace. We just want to recognize him. And, and just that whole thing of the streets, because the street parties in Harlem have always been pretty crazy too.
2: Yeah, block parties and things. But K-Slay is very instrumental in Harlem. The way he did for Harlem, we did for the, for the culture and for the, and for the industry was phenomenal. The way he was putting on for, kids in the streets that normally wouldn't have a chance to hear a cell on the radio and things like that. He was actually giving these people that chance. He was actually giving you a, a chance for their fans to listen to some new music. And he was doing that every week, every week. And he was really putting on. And I haven't seen nobody else fill that void that he had since he's been gone, like, he really put off for the culture. He really put off for the up-and-coming artists, especially for the kids coming from the streets and things like that that didn't have no outlets. That's what I love him for so much, because he was selfless when it came to helping people, especially in the music industry.
0: And he was also, too, he was known for that famous, the faith, like, the sound effect that he had at the beginning of the show, of his Sunday night show on Hot 97, where it was, like, lock in, and he shouted out all the jail and all the yeah. prisons.
2: And- I don't know, he, all the, yeah, that was... He drove the jails crazy with that. I used to have people call my phone like, "Yo, see if you can get K-State to shout me out this week where I need." That's gonna be but like that was like a real big thing for them, for them, uh, for all my comrades that residents locked up in jail and things like that. So you know, he was he, we gonna miss him forever. Like what he did, I don't think we'll ever duplicated. And you know what I mean. So I love him for his contribution. No, especially to all of them. I
0: love him too. He was always. Uh, we used to work both at, on Sunday nights at Hot ninety seven, and he he gave me a lot of. Uh, a lot, of, a lot of schooling and introduced me to the Harlem Music Hut and a lot of artists and what was going on up there. But um, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to continue talking about hip-hop's Harlem roots. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. Don't go away.
2: Hey, yo, 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 what up, what up? It's the infamous Mob deep prodigy right here, you know what I mean? And this is Street Soldiers with Lisa Evers. Real issues, real politics, you know what I mean? And real people, only on Hot 97.
0: Welcome back to this episode of Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. We're talking about hip-hop's Harlem roots. Joining me for this conversation, DJ Boogie Blind. He's a world champion DJ with Shape Forty Five and one of the heavy hitters. Rob Markman, music executive and artist, and also one of the most prominent hip hop journalists in the uh, in the whole culture as well. Also with us is Jim Jones. You know him, hip hop superstar, host of the Drip Report, starting another new season on Revolt. Congratulations on that, Jim, and uh, a lot of things in the community he does he does as well. Rob, in terms of the, in, in terms of other artists and other movements that have come out of Harlem, who else do you think has made a really big contribution?
3: It, it was amazing to see what ASAP Rocky and the ASAP Mob did, um, just moving off of their own energy, right? And and it still felt like New York. They took a lot of sound influence from Houston, but you know, you look at Rest in Peace ASAP Yams. Like he was a student of the game. He studied the mixtapes. What was going on with SNS and. Um, you know, stretching Bobito like you could speak to ASAP Yams about any. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a fact. Where do
2: you think he studied at? Where he got it from? This. Yeah. What school did he go to? Now nah, I don't know where he had. where did he yams go to. man with the Richmond. No, a- he went. Tim to- Jones. He worked for me as an intern ah. for, for a year when I was at Warner ah. Music Group. Him, Karen Civil, my man Chris Luck, my man Reggie. Like I had a mob squad of young. Gunners that was ready to take over the industry and that's what they've been doing. You know what I mean? So that's crazy.
0: Rob, the in in, ter- in terms of the the whole ASAP mob movement, why do you think that they became so big?
3: I think ASAP mob became big. I mean, because they were just their own thing. They, they, they did things that were very familiar for us in in New York City. But, you know, hip hop is supposed to evolve, right? New generations are supposed to introduce new things. So, you know, they took sounds from from outside of New York. They were influenced by a lot of screw in the beginning. Um but at the same time, it was the fashion, it was the way they looked, it was seeing them in front of the bodega, seeing them drinking 40s in, in 2011, you know what I'm saying, as a throwback, seeing them throwing dice in the alleyway as, as a throwback. It just felt like something reminiscent of what we seen, so it was familiar, but then it was just like this brand new sound that we hadn't had. Um, and I think they had the talent and, and the personality and just the marketing expertise and the hustle to take their thing to a new level.
0: Um, DJ you Blind, in, in terms of the in terms of their music, have you played their music for you know in clubs and stuff?
1: Yes, definitely. I felt like uh, as far as the whole ASAP Mob, I felt like they they tapped into a lot of different elements and different artists that people weren't aware of. You know, if you're from Harlem, like you might have not known who Lena Del Rey was, you might have not know who Rita Ora was, you know, you might have not know who some of these UK rappers that uh, ASAP be did songs with or you know, things of that nature, like they always tapped into the younger generation, but it was a global thing as instead of just like a neighborhood as far as ASAP Moss and socks
2: was put ASAP Rocky on his first big stage in New York City. I'm y'all. Yes, I'm guessing it's you. That would be me. You heard? Uh a thing like the Best Spot Theater when they first started cooking and everybody was talking about ASAP Rocky, um, reached out to him. He was high, came on stage. Um, He kind of did like a little stage dive. That was a little bit not a Jim Jones crowd type of thing. So he kind of got out the way. So his stage dive didn't go the way he needed to do. But yeah, he's definitely a, a, a legend in Harlem. He's a pioneer in Harlem. Like he said, they bring things to the table that was so reminiscent and nostalgic, but so much in the future. It just was like kind of bizarre. It was like, uh, two extremes, meeting in the middle, how they put the, 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 this side of the culture together. And that's what I respected them about it. Like, it doesn't take something from the past and, and make it into this. They created something through the past and the future and they fused it together, which we created the ASAP ball, And that's what they're all about to me. What were the
0: lessons that you gave them while they were uh, your interns?
2: Um, That was all we wanted, though. I mean, listen, I mean, I don't know. If I can remember any lessons I gave him per se, but I know just being around me, there's a lot to learn because I move, I'm move fast and I do a lot of things. And at that time, I was in a great position. I wanted music, group, music group. I I had pretty much had the biggest position up there besides Leo Cohen and Kevin Lau. So uh, he had to learn, he had to learn a bunch, especially about infrastructure and how to move a movement. And that's how I think uh, the ASAP Mob became so uh, successful because of the tutelage that he got from my being with me inside of the office and things like that. He learned what a movement was. He saw how uh, how a movement moves. He saw the the back the back workings of what it takes to make such a big monster move. So I think he definitely learned it a lot.
0: And then Jim, finally I know you gotta go, but uh in terms of the in term in terms of these new artists that are that are coming that are coming up now in Harlem, what do you think about them, especially the the new drill artists out of Sugar Hill? Shouts
2: to the whole Sugar Hill drill mob, uh D Duty, it, my little guys. Actually, um, I just signed an artist. Her name is No ID. Um, she's from around that bounce, a little bit over in the area, but it's all Harlem. Believe that. Um, but I'm excited about the, the the new drill music. Man, they bringing something new to the table. They're bringing some excitement to the table. There was a time in the city where the music was now hitting the way it was, and these youngsters with all this energy with this drill music kind of bring the city back to where it needs to be now. Now you're hearing all this rap and everybody trying to dig in. It wasn't like that before all the drill music had got its back popping. So I'm gonna tip my hat to them youngsters that put that energy out there to get a real tempo in the city to get people back moving again and on their toes, you know? Do I wish it could be a little bit better? I know it's risky, the drill music, but it's hell of an energy and these kids represent energy and I love good energy, you know what I
0: mean? No, and and definitely, what do you you think about some of the the opposition that they're facing from like the hip hop establishment?
2: I mean, the hip hop establishment is old. You heard who are they to tell these youngsters how to move forward with the future? You did, we was once, them same youngsters, and there was some older cats hating on us, especially on diplomats. All these older people never understood what we was doing. We were so flashy. We were so outspoken. We were so strong. We were so rebellious. That's what hip-hop music is about. So how dare you all, you old and talk down to so any of these youngsters who are trying to make a way for themselves the same way we was. You know? uh-huh. If you want to do something, sit down with them and, and give them some advice. Don't try to impose your will on them. Give them some advice. Give them some jewels that they might cash in on life. You heard, and that's how I approach it. Now, that yeah, I, I, I also R- feel, I also, so also
1: for, feel, like, like, so I also feel that, also like, feel I also feel that in here in America, like as far as that drill movement, we got it very good because a lot of places, like as far as the UK. They stopped a lot of these people from actually doing venues and performing. And I don't know Jim understands that because there was a time where they were trying to do that to Jim. You know what I'm saying? Like Jim was moving around and the clubs was like, nah. And it's like, yo, he got
0: the artist song out. You can't deny it. No, they, you don't. Def- they definitely did. We were, we were going to have him on a push for peace town hall. And then they were the, uh, I got called in by the the precinct captain. We got sat down. We, I mean, they tried to try to stop stop the whole thing, but the, um, Rob Markman, in, in in term in terms of the in terms of these newer artists that are coming up in Harlem, what do you think about them? No, I think it's
3: dope. It's like Jim said, it's new energy, right? And and they're definitely rapping about what they know and, and the circumstances. So the circumstances in the street are really dire, but they're putting it into their art. Um, do I wish it was safer? Do I wish that these artists could actually grow and become who they were destined to be and not have their lives cut short, like say a pop smoke? Absolutely. But like Jim said, is for the OGs to kind of guide them and put them on the game how they can extend their careers and get out the streets and really, really get to this money and get to this longevity. You know, it's a little hypocritical, you know, when we came up on Mob Deep to talk about, to try to tell the younger generation what they can and can't rap about. Like, I love Prodigy and Have it. you know, but if you listen to them early Mob Deep records, it's very, very dark. You know, Dibson as well, like, um, but artists need the chance to grow and these kids need opportunity to grow out of their environment and something bigger. So I, you know, I support that. Wherever we could provide um, you know, whether it's at genius for, for interviews and having artists come through, for them to come and express themselves as artists and in terms of media, not have artists come through and, and pour um gasoline on the flames and extend the beef do interviews and clickbaity stuff. Now I'm all about come through and talk about your art no matter what style of music you are. Then, and I think we got to give more platform to these kids so they can grow. Right.
0: All right. So we're going to take a short break. Uh, DJ Boogie Blind, I want to um, a- ask you also about just about the music in the crowds. Like, can you tell our Manhattan people in the crowd, you know, people say, Oh, we can always tell when Brooklyn's in the house. We can tell when the Bronx is here. Can you tell when Manhattan's there? Think about that for a moment. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, stay with us.
3: Yeah, yeah. What up, what up, what up? This is Styles Peter Ghost, and this is Street Soldiers with Lisa Evers. Real issues, real politics, and real people only on Hot 97. Yeah, Ghost told you so.
0: Welcome back to this episode of Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. We're talking about hip hop's Manhattan roots. Joining me, DJ Boogie Blind. He's a world champion DJ with Shade 45 of the Heavy Hitters, and also Rob Markman, a music executive and artist and world class hip-hop journalists and that's it yep um thank you guys thank you so much for for being with us um dj boogie blind you're talking about a lot there's a lot of new creativity in harlem tell us about that what do you see happening on the music side
1: oh the music side i see a lot of more young producers i see a lot of more people stepping out of uh you know just trying to just rap and make like bigger sounding music and getting uh live musicians, there's like a lot of showcase shots. Maria Davis, she's still doing her platform at Shrine. Um there's other outlets where people get a chance to perform and do showcases. So, you know, I'm definitely happy with, you know, people just spreading their wings and just not doing one style of music.
0: What about in terms of um what about in terms of Manhattan crowds? Like when you DJ for a Manhattan crowd or in a Manhattan club, is that different from b- being in the Bronx or Brooklyn or Queens or Staten Island?
1: Definitely, definitely. I feel like um, Harlem is more of a, um, people like to dance. People like to have fun. People like to go crazy. So it's like, it's definitely one of those uh, situations where you can tell Harlem is in the building or you can tell when somebody's playing something for Harlem in the club. Like it's
0: just, it's very obvious. It's not even, you you can't. And certain certain favorites that, you know, you can play to any Harlem crowd and they're going to, it's going to get the place rocking. Definitely,
1: there's there's so many records. I can that, that's a whole nother interview. <laughs> that's a whole another interview.
0: Uh, all right, Rob. What about what about any any of the other people from Harlem that you think are really you know we we really should be more familiar with? I I, I think we have to shout
3: out, we have to salute, we have to give Tiana Taylor a flower. Yes, what Definitely. she's doing in Harlem as a creative, obviously an amazing singer. She's been doing this since young, um, a dope dancer. When we talk about. You know, when Boogie Bloss talks about the party and the dance moves, like you know, whether you were from the era of the Harlem Shake or Light Feet, or you know, like what he was going on, like Harlem always put us on to the new dances. One of my favorite moments this year, Ashley Lisa, was being at High 97 Summer Jam and watching Tiana Taylor in the crowd, you know, encouraging Lola Brooke from Brooklyn. Why? Because she worked with Lola on her choreography for her Summer Jam set. So now, Tiana. Is, is, is even coming like behind the scenes a little bit okay. and teaching choreo to new artists. That's a very Harlem thing. She's directing her own movie right now. She got her own Jordans right now, her own Ed Jordan 1s, which I didn't get a pair. I missed out on it. I need, I need to hunt down a pair, but they're, they're amazing. They're creative. I think Tiana Taylor as a creative across the board, amazing uh, queen of Harlem. I don't know, I'm from Brooklyn, so I don't know if I could bestow that upon her, but for whatever yes, my you
0: can. Yes, you can. Queen you can pop in hip hop, you can do that. And,
1: and also, and also when we're speaking about women in Harlem, like, I know she's a bit controversial, but she did a lot of things that artists weren't doing at the time. And we're speaking about Azalea Banks as well. Like, she was like, when she first came out, like, she was doing, like, GQ covers with Diplo. Nobody knew who Diplo and Switch was before they were mentioned laser. Nobody was doing Coachella from Harlem. Like, nobody was, like, nobody. Like, nobody. Like, so that's, you know, I understand her controversialness, but as an artist, like, she has a lane, she called the lane that's pretty unmatched in all of them. like as far as the house music scene and, and doing big festivals and you know stuff that certain rappers wasn't even doing at that time
0: what about what are, I want to get back to the dancing thing cuz I'm I can't think I can't think of the, I can't think of the dance but the one it was that song the chicken noodle soup and the
1: yes yeah I was young B that was young B uh, uh, I forgot we could call something. oh man what's something new name she changed her name just got older but it was um oh man what she just called were there other dudes? Bonnie, 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 um, Bianca Bonnie, but that, she was young B back in the days, but she goes by Bianca Bonnie now. Right. So I love the hip hop and stuff like that. Shout out to Ron Brown, shout out to DJ Webster. shout out to, um, you know, everybody involved in that movie. And Shout out to DJ Get On Up, you know, shout out to G-Dot, you know, there's a lot of, th- like, there's, that's a, another thing. There's a lot of songs that represent Harlem and a lot of DJs don't have and DJs don't like giving them out. That's one, that's another thing I can say about Harlem for sure. Like this is the small group of those records that work every time in these parties. And not a lot of people, you know, people always call my phone like, yo, can I get that birthday joint? Can I get the Shine the Light remix, the one you play? Can I, I'm always getting DMs and I'm like, oh, I don't really know what you're talking about. <laughs> it's like that. Got to shout out AG, AG2,
3: legendary, figure, you know, playing voice, like, you know, and, and it's more than just the music, it's the lifestyle, like you know, it, it's Rucker Park, it's Kingdom, it's, you know what I'm saying, it's the basketball games, it's the fashion, you know, um, it's the dances, it's,
1: it's Dapper Dan and how he's involved, like, you know, and also all, and also speak about, you know, the DJ community, one of the greatest DJs of all time, the rest in peace, my mentor, Grandmaster Rock Raider, is from Harlem, he chose the DJ girl tremendously. You know what I'm saying. And A lot of people. I, I just wanted to put that out there. Shout out to my brother Rock. Lord.
0: Yeah. No. And Rob, I, I'm glad you you mentioned that too. Like the, the the Rucker and the King Dome and all of all of these these events that were so. It was like a time where people really, everybody really comes out. You know.
1: Black Rob Day just happened. Shout out to uh, Voice of Harlem. Shout out to uh, right. first inside the uh, Black Rob Memorial. That's pretty crazy. Shout out to Queen of Harlem. They're doing an extension to King Dome. Marcus Garvin Park this year, they spread it out so that they have the kingdom and they have Queen of Harlem doing our own thing. So it's a lot, you know. Shout out to Black Gate Madness as well, Young Munchie and Coach Kev. Like, these are there was a lot of things going on during the pandemic that weren't publicized. And, um, being that Adidas gave them a sponsorship and put up the fiberglass backboards, and it was just a lot of a lot of things happening in Harlem, like, quietly block the pandemic with the youth, and it was all the youth, like people under like at least 15, 20 years younger than me out there being active and doing stuff for the community. And Jen was definitely out there. So me, it, it goes hand in hand.
0: And, and Robin, in, ter- in terms of the, the actual like moving the culture forward, Harlem always had that thing too, I think of it's kind of like they kind of didn't care what other people were doing or what the other artists were doing or other burls. It kind of there was a certain individuality, I think, that was part of that whole scene and has been from day 1, right? Yeah, I look from
3: from literally from day 1 when you look at what Harlem represents in New York as an artistic hub, I mean, we go back to the Harlem Renaissance, you know, where where like like it's a historic period, right? But really not much has changed. Ha- Harlem is still the epicenter of art in New York City. There's not one neighborhood, not one radius that you can kind of point to, you know, when we talk about Brooklyn, you know, we talk about Best style, we talk about Flatbush, you know what I'm saying? We talk about East New York, Queens, it's Queensbridge. There's a couple of different Jamaica. But when, when we talk about Manhattan, it's it's just Harlem. Right. Like, like, and again, no disrespect to LES, no disrespect to um Hell's Kitchen. Shout out to Alicia Keys from Hell's Kitchen. There's a lot of talent, a lot of art coming there. But Harlem is the hub for art in New York City. Um, and 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 I would kind of say Harlem is the hub. For for black art, black expression in the entire world, like if we really look at it, like like it, I think it all starts in Harlem.
1: Yeah, does Washington Heights have a little Harlemish? Is it is Dykman in Harlem border? I'm by 45th. Yeah, t- that's kind of touchy, right? I don't know.
3: I, I want yeah, to- by proximity, right? You know what I'm saying? Right. By you know, it's a by extension, and and, and, and you know, in, in, in and the Harlem and and the Bronx are really close. And we talk about the early days of hip hop, but um. It's Harlem, man. Like, like, it's all due respect to everywhere else, but it's Harlem.
0: Like, you know, like, it's undeniable. You know, and a lot, a lot of big star, a lot of big stars, like you said, have come through. Oh yeah, generations, and it
3: remains generational. Like families, like, like one of my favorite stories. I, I mean, you were talking about Spazzle and his dad, um, you know, ASAP Ferg taking big hits. His dad, D Ferg, a very instrumental figure in Harlem. Some somebody that that. If you're from Harlem, you knew who D. was. And, and in the early days of Bad Boy, um, helped design the Bad Boy logo and, and, and things like that. Like, it, I just also love how Harlem, there's a generational story that is moving on with Harlem a, as well. Like, like families stay in Harlem for multiple generations and creating, right. and, and it's just a beautiful thing.
0: It's a, be- it's, it's a beautiful thing. And Boogie Blind, you were telling me about that too, like with the DJs, like with Spazzo and his dad and the two other sons. Yeah, his, well,
1: his his father had a really big record called Whoppin And his three sons are Spazo, Smooski, and Ray Z. And they're doing a very, very good thing. And they have a DJ crew called the Lean Brothers, Charlotte and Lean Brothers. Uh and um, there's just so many people like Poster Boy, he was a rapper from Harlem. His father was a resident DJ at Harlem World. There's like I can I, I could go on and on and on about this, but it's just it's so close knit, but it's so big at the same time. You know what I'm saying? Like if you know, you know, but if you don't, don't. But there's a lot of extensions through Harlem. There's a lot of family trees in Harlem. Like, as far as where I come from, as far as the executioners, you know, with Rock Raider and Blackman School and we have Sean C, who's a well-known record producer throughout the industry. You got LV. They had a, a production crew called Grind Music. It was all from this, this radio saying, oh, it's all from here. Can't you can't forget that the innovator of a style of DJing called beat juggling, Steve D. Can't can't deny it like that's just that's just history it's like
0: it's so blind, not- are, are you hopeful about the future for harlem Do you think there's that we're coming in a new like a new age of a new definitely. era on?
1: definitely and as, especially w- w- what i do as far as djing i've i've seen a lot of younger djs they're they're they they want to know the backstory and then there's some that don't and and you have to encourage both you know what i'm saying some people might not care about great beats or milk crates or wreckings and some do. Right. No, some absolutely. kids just want to body. some and then the thing is, some kids can't afford to go out and spend thousands of dollars on equipment in one once at one take. You know what I'm saying? Like not everybody's, you know, these chart tables ain't cheap. Mixes these mixes are starting off at fifteen hundred <laughs> to, to damn near right. two grand. So it's like, you know, you gotta get in where you sit in and, you know, do what you can. I'll you know, come there. I see a lot of people Older people criticizing DJs for having to do what they can. Everybody just can't go out and buy 2000 dollars
0: worth of The the deluxe thing, definitely. Well, the, um Boogie Blind, thank you for being with us. Rob, final final comment. What would you like to see? What would you like to see in the future, the near future, for for Harlem in terms of hip hop?
3: Um, I, I just want to see these these young artists get on, on bigger platforms, but I want to watch these artists grow and grow their legacies the same way that we've seen Dougie Fresh grow his legacy and we still talk about him, you know, 30, almost 40 years later, right? The same way that we that we still talk about Puff, the same way that we still talk about Mason, Dipset, and ASAP Mob. I want to see these new youngsters from Harlem build their legacy, and I want to be able to talk about them and do this 20 years from now and talk about who the next is and who the newest. So I just want to see it continue to grow.
0: No, definitely. I think I think we all do. I want to thank you for being with us for this episode of Street Soldiers. I'm Lisa Evers. Remember, use your mind as your best weapon. I hope it's your only weapon. Let's wish for peace, love, and justice for all.